This is dedicated to the niggas that was down from day one. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> A.K.A. Jerry and Easy, sincerely yours, these motherfucking nuts. I don't love Easy, I don't love Jerry, I don't love Ruthless Records. Frankly, I don't love nothing they got to do with, but, but, but you know what I want them to do for me? Jerry Easy, check this shit out here. I want y'all to put these bizzos in your jizzos and work them like a strizzle and tell me what you says off. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Fuck all y'all. Fuck y'all. Really, dog. It's that fun, nigga. You better ask somebody. You really better ask somebody. Yeah, nigga. You's a penguin looking motherfucker. Southern California, he is the man of a million voices. None other than your host, here he is, Homeboy 88. Welcome everybody to the Homeboy 88 podcast, established in the year 1988. Nah, just kidding, it was like uh, May of 2020 and what a ride it's been, you know? And yeah, I lied, established in 1988, huh? Just like all those companies who are full of shit that have established this, established that, like in 1913 or 1945, right? Hell, even Dr. Pepper, you know, says on the bottle, established in 1885? Bull fucking shit, bro, you know what I'm saying? Bull fucking shit. Because... I don't remember Marty McFly going back in time, stepping into a soda shop and asking for a fucking Dr. Pepper. You know what I'm saying? That didn't happen. And by the way, I love Back to the Future Part 3. My kids, uh, not so much. You know what I'm saying? I think we've watched uh, Part 1 like 20 times. Part two, ten times. And part three, I get told to uh, jump in the lake. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you thought, you thought, you guys thought I, I was going to say, 
they tell me to go fuck myself. But uh, I raise my kids right. They don't say that shit. They don't even cuss. You know, they probably do, you know, around their friends here and there. But I don't hear them cuss. And especially not like me, not like a fucking sailor. You know what I'm saying? And I guess they're like, you know, I don't want to be like dad. And so that's a no-go. But back to those bullshit companies being established early as hell. If that was true, how come I never heard of you, yogurt? Huh? Are you hoiding me? Uh, let me take a look. Uh, you could read it. No, I was just clearing my throat. And it reads your company is bullshit. And Dr. Pepper, go love yourself. Because you know what? I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? You guys think I'm always going to say the other thing. It ain't going to be like that all the time. You know, one of my favorites. Uh, but I wish it was like the old school, you know, soda and a glass bottle. Remember old school soda machines with the glass bottles inside and shit? Coke and Pepsi here in the U.S. or RC Cola. I mean, what the fuck, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, who in the fuck goes to the supermarket, passes Coke and Pepsi, and goes straight for the fucking RC Cola? Shame on you. Shame on your ass, man. Yeah, Coke and Pepsi here in the U.S., Fantan Mexico. You know what I'm saying? And, uh... In a glass bottle because it just tastes better to me. Remember uh, those uh, soda machines? You would feed it coins. No dollar bills. That shit did not exist yet. And don't fuck up. You slide the fucking uh, door open. Right? The plastic door to get your soda. And if your finger slipped and you're a butterfinger, the door closed. And you don't get a fucking soda. And you look stupid. You just spent 50 cents on nothing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Or even better than the soda machine was that cigarette machine, you know, that big-ass cigarette machine, or should I say it was just crazier, it was funnier, machine man. I mean, they had all the brands and shit for everybody, you know, Marlboro's, Marlboro Reds for the fucking cowboys and shit, you know what I'm saying? Camels, Parliament. For the, oh, the fancy schmancy motherfuckers. Oh, I want a fucking parliament, right? The fuck? Paul Malls. Not Paul Wall with the diamond grill, but Paul Malls. Right? Stupid name. Or Cools. And uh, Newports for uh, my black brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, man, no racism. I, I just, listen, every rapper says Newport in their songs. Tupac, I mean, uh, Tupac, what the fuck? Tupac. No, he calls it out, and so do other rappers, and uh, I don't take it back, you know. And uh, Jesus, man, listen, write me if I'm wrong, you know what I'm saying? Write to me. Write to me if I'm wrong. Fuck that shit. It's fucking hell, man.
And these machines were at the fucking mall, man. By the toy store, you know what I'm saying? Fuck your vape pens that look like your Jethro Tull playing a very, very, very small flute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, cigarette machines at the layaway department, you know what I'm saying? By the toy department. Yeah, I said the layaway department. Uh, Credit cards almost didn't exist unless you were like rich and entitled and shit. Instead, if you wanted something but couldn't afford it, you had to put up the item uh, or items in layaway, take it to, you know, the, the department and shit. So... Go shop for your kids for Christmas in October. Take all the presents to the layaway department and pay little by little each week or when you had extra money and shit. And, uh, and uh, you know, make sure it's paid in full like Eric B. and Rakim. Then they give you the items after everything's paid in full. But you don't get into, you don't get into credit card debt like that. You know what I'm saying? It's a better system for sure. And let's go back to my uh, black brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? No joke. Uh, I think I was about five years old, and I was at the mall with my mom and my dad. My two older brothers left to go to the fucking arcade and left me behind like every fucking time, right? And I was stuck going to the... You know, sewing machine department, the women's clothes department, the tool department for my dad. Well, guess what? I saw the toy department in Sears, which is shut down now. Uh, What a shame, you know what I'm saying? Sears, Sears fucking Roebuck that's been around since uh, established in 1885 or whatever the fuck. Now, that was real. That one was real. Yeah, so I'm at the toy department and I see the Kenner Star Wars figures stocked up on the shelves, man. You know what I'm saying? And I was looking at all the figures, you know. I wanted to get Chewbacca. And I was looking at Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. They had fucking everything. You know what I'm saying? They had them all. And after about 15 minutes of browsing, I look around and I say, Mom, can I get the Chewbacca? But... You know what? Mom's gone. Dad's gone. And I'm going around like three aisles over and over. Listen, man, I was five fucking years old, okay? Three aisles is all I'm going to fucking go. And I'm calling for him, for them in Spanish. Ama, apa. Yeah. That's how you say it in Spanish. You know what I'm saying? And now tears are coming out down my fucking face. You know what I'm saying? Fucking panic zone, bro. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit. I'm panicked. And along comes this black couple and says, Are you lost, little boy? Now, I'm not bragging, but I was a handsome little motherfucker. Okay? And, um... You know, they, I tell them that, that my, you know, I can't find my mom, my dad, and they help me call out for my parents. But the lady says after a while, well, if you can't find them, you can come live with us. You know what I'm saying? 
I fucking cried so fucking loud, okay? <laughs> that my mom heard me like six hours away, came and she was like, Ay, that's my son, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> and the couple was like, oh, yeah, we're just about to take him to the security desk. Uh, bull fucking shit. I was gonna go home with you guys and fucking have some black brothers and sisters, and I wasn't gonna get raised Mexican and shit, and uh, it would have been a whole different thing. I was still probably would have loved hip hop and shit, uh, not being racist, but you know, that was already in my fucking blood. Uh, holy shit, frog. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking malls, man. But regardless, you know, I missed the mall. I missed that mall. Great memories of stupid shit in the fucking mall. The piano store with the guy outside playing the fucking organ, you know what I'm saying? Organ, not a heart or liver, motherfuckers, but, you know, a big musical organ and the arcade at the mall filled with all the unwanted children, you know what I'm saying? Hey, here's some dollars. Don't fuck with me. Go go, go to the fucking arcade at the end of the mall, okay? Miller's outpost is gone, Chess King is gone, the warehouse, you know, filled with cassette tapes and records and shit, uh, or my brother, uh, Homeboy89, getting caught by my parents, taking all the fucking quarters out of the fucking mall water fountain, so he can play more karate champ and shit. Full point. <laughs> and now you know what it's that time for hip-hop 101 son so this uh hip-hop 101 is about the rise and fall of Death Row Records. You know what I'm saying? And um, listen, everybody. More disclaimers. Allegedly. I'm going to use that fucking thing. I know Suge Knight's a bad motherfucker. I know the people on Death Row are bad motherfuckers. So I'm saying all this allegedly. So let's start at the beginning. So there was a guy, Mike Harris, who was a huge drug kingpin, you know, who distributed cocaine and other drugs to at least half of the United States. Uh, his street name was Harry O. And he had built an empire and had so much money, he wanted to invest in different businesses. But the guy ended up in prison, obviously, you know, for drugs and shit. Hell, he even uh, financed and produced a play on Broadway that starred Denzel Washington called Checkmates, I think. And, um, well, enter Suge Knight, who heard of Mike Harris, uh, you know what I'm saying, and Harry O, and 
who was in jail at the time, and he went to him and uh, he told him, you know what, I wanted to cre create a music company, and both of them uh, figured it out. And uh, Harry O, Mike Harris said, okay, it's going to be under Godfather Entertainment. Suge's part is Death Row Records. But Mike Harris said, I do not want to be in the credits. I just want it to be 50-50. So, in 1991, Suge signs away Dr. Dre from Ruthless Records by allegedly beating up Eazy-E and allegedly threatening him with uh, a fucking syringe filled with AIDS, you know what I'm saying? And um, that's some crazy shit. In order to uh, get Dr. Dre uh, released from Ruthless Records. And yes, he did have Harry O. Drug Money to start Death Row Records, which the name came from the DOC, you know, funky enough, you know, yeah, that motherfucker. And uh, DOC actually said we should call it Death Row because, you know, back in the 80s, everything was deaf this, deaf that. Yo, man, that shit was fucking deaf, yo. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, but, you know, later on, they changed it to Death Row Records. And we have all heard of the Vanilla Ice story, right? Well, you know, there's more to it, and uh, let's get into it. Apparently, a guy named Mario Chocolate Johnson produced that gigantic, enormous hit, Ice Ice Baby, and had not received any royalties from it, you know? And Mario Chocolate, his buddy, was none other than Suge Knight. And to get the royalties from Vanilla Ice, you know, to give Death Row an extra injection of start money, they allegedly threw Vanilla Ice into a van filled with Bloods and Crips. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. They go find Vanilla Ice, they get them, they throw them into a fucking van filled with fucking gangsters, and they take them to um, Bel Air Hotel and take them up to the 15th floor, right? And they got the contract right there. And they made him sign over all the rights to Ice Ice Baby because he wasn't paying that guy. And allegedly, Suge hung Vanilla Ice over the fucking 15-story balcony upside down by his ankle. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. So, yeah, they got that money. And, uh, of course, who did uh, Suge Knight have already? He, he signed them first was Dr. Dre and the DOC, who were all on board. They left Ruthless Records. They talked to Suge. They knew Suge from Compton. and um, But you know what? But Dre, he always had his ear to the streets. And his half-brother, Warren G., yeah, that's his half-brother, gave him a tape filled with future death row artists. Those artists were Snoop Doggy Dog, who was formerly known as Snoop Rock, Nate Dogg, Snoop's cousin, Daz Dillinger, and Corrupt, who was from L.A., not Long Beach, was but was battle-rapping these motherfuckers, battle-rapping Snoop and everybody, and they respected him so much, they invited him to uh, join the crew, you know what I'm saying? And uh, on December 15th, 1992, Death Row Records releases Dr. Dre the Chronic, which to me was uh, like a Death Row record filled with all those artists. They should have been like... Uh, not Dr. Dre, but it should have been like a Death Row Presents. But regardless, you know, the cover was like a zigzag rolling paper. If you look at it, you buy those at the liquor store. 
And it had so many fucking dope artists on it. You know what I'm saying? And in the order of appearances, it was uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, RBX, Jewel, Daz, Warren G, Nate Dogg, The DLC, The Lady of Rage, Corrupt, and the one and only Bushwick Bill, who I don't think he was signed to Death Row, but one of my favorite things on that record is when he does the intro to uh, the song was Stranded on Death Row. In November of 1993, Death Row Records releases Snoop Doggy Dogs, Doggy Style, which is better than The Chronic, in my opinion, and Death Row took off from there. Did you guys know that there were lines at uh, record stores to get that fucking CD at Midnight Man? A midnight release for an album. Wow. And it sold 806,000 copies in one week. It went on to be four times platinum, man. 1995, uh, Dog Food was released. And I love that fucking album. One of my favorite West Coast albums. Probably just, you know, hip-hop album in general. And if you bought a new car, stereo, and wanted to test it out, test out your kickers, Rockford Fosgates, or Sirwin Vegas, yeah, that's old school shit. That was the album, Dog Food, you know what I'm saying? And then Suge Knight signed the greatest free agent of all time to death row, Tupac Amaro Shakur, and released one of the fucking deadliest double discs ever for hip-hop. Um, and it could have been the first uh, double disc for hip-hop. And that album was obviously All Eyes on Me, and in my opinion, one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, period. Number one for me. I've said that so many times. And after that, everybody copied the double disc format after that. You know, E-40, Bone thugs and harmony Biggie, etc., uh, etc., but even when Death Row Records was on fire, it was dying on the inside. Artists, they weren't getting compensated like they should have been, you know. Dr. Dre, seeing turmoil and things like Bloods in the studio. Suge allegedly pistol whipping young and up-and-coming artists. One take Jake, one take Jake. Or sicking pit bulls on those motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, in the studio. And Dr. Dre, he's a veteran. He ain't going to stand for that shit. And plus, he's not getting paid like he thought he was going to get paid. So Dr. Dre told Suge, I'm fucking done. And you you guys seen the movie? That's exactly what happens at the end of the movie. And he leaves uh, Death Row with nothing but his talent and belief in himself. And is now a billionaire, so how about that? That kind of worked out, right? As long as you have talent and shit and you believe in yourself, you could be a fucking billionaire. But you got to have the talent of Dr. Drake, so how about that? Uh, Tupac gets murdered. Uh, Corrupt leaves death row in 96. Uh, Daz leaves in year 2000. Snoop Dogg leaves in 1998 to sign with Master P and uh, No Limit Records. And just bad, bad decisions that ultimately lead to a huge fall and death for Death Row Records, man. And my theory is that Suge Knight was a street guy, you know, tried to turn businessman. That handled his record company like if it was the streets. Look, man, you can't do that shit. He made a lot of fucking mistakes. 
And he was kind of like, um, if you guys ever watch wrestling, he was like the guy from ECW, Paul Heyman, who had a badass wrestling company, but he wouldn't pay his fucking, uh, he wouldn't pay his talent either. And checks bouncing and all kinds of stupid shit. That's just bad business. And that wrestling organization went away because of that shit. And what a shame. So, you know. But you know what? The great thing about having a record company is that everything's recorded. You know what I'm saying? So, for a short time, we were treated to some of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. Excluding the Dogfather. I mean, what the fuck, Snoop? I mean, that was that was some horrible, horrible shit. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that's the rise and the fall of Death Row Records. And uh, a lot of, if you want to check something out, there is a fucking documentary called that. I've never seen it, but I am going to look it up and watch it. Uh, supposedly, it's really good. You can buy it on YouTube or, I don't know, how you're going to get it. Amazon on Blu-ray, whatever. And you know what? That's cool. It's all over. Show's over. But before I go, listen, everybody, I'm going to promote two things uh, today. You know, uh, number one is BitCast. BitCast is an app uh, you can get on iOS and you clip, share, and send audiograms of your favorite podcasts. It's so fun and easy to do, man. I love, love, love this app. I've been sharing it with everybody. So let's say you heard something that you absolutely loved or made you fucking howl laughing or something important. Search the podcast on BitCast. Quickly scroll to that part and easily clip the beginning to the end and save and share, man. It's so easy. So awesome. So once again, use BitCast and follow me, Homeboy88. I'm on there and uh, I think I got like 23 clips on my shows, so they're like one, two-minute little snippets of my shows that I liked, and that's going to help me out a bunch. So download BitCast and uh, follow me, Homeboy88. My second promo is, you know what, hey guys, you like my uh, new podcast intro? It's fucking badass, I think so. The guy who did it, you know, uh, is a friend, and if you like my Hip Hop 101 jingle too, Check check him out. His name is Area81. Check him out on social media. He's my fucking Dr. Drake. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about Death Row Records. And he can make you a custom uh, podcast intro or just music for an intro like Zoom meetings or Skype or YouTube or Twitch. Whatever you want. And this guy's a bad motherfucker. Area81. You know, search for him, and uh, he's all. He also has a podcast too, so you can communicate through comments uh, on his podcast too. So, thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining me, another Homeboy eighty eight podcast. And uh, until next time, motherfuckers. And you know what? Peace. I'm out. Two, three.
three into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, make us so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand From a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch, I have to find a contraceptive You never know, she could be earning her man and learning her man And at the same time, burning her man Now you know I ain't with that shit, Lieutenant Ain't no pussy good enough to get burned while I'm offended And that's realer than real deal, holy feel And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel Well, if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and like that and like this and uh Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well, I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I damn near got caught Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelt You've never been on a ride like this before With a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I flow some old funky shit To add to my collection The selection symbolizes dope Take a tote but don't choke If you do, you have no clue Of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode What a hell of a gangster lean Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens It's the capital S-O-S, I'm fresh and double O-P-D-O-double-G-Y-D-O-double-G, you see Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic Pimping hoes and clocking a grip like my name was Dolomite Yeah, and it don't quit I think they in the mood for some motherfucking G hell shit yeah. So Drake, what up, dog? Gotta give them what they want What's that, G? We gotta break them off something Hell yeah And it's gotta be bumping City of Compton Where it takes place, so what? Nash, show attention, mobbing like a motherfucker, but I ain't lynching. Dropping the funky shit that's making a sucker niggas mumble. When I'm on the mic, it's like a cookie, they all crumble. Try to get close, and your ass I get smacked. My motherfucking homie, doggy dog, has got my back. Never let me slip, cause if I slip, then I'm slipping. But if I got my Nina, then you know I'm straight tripping. And I'ma continue to put the rap down, put the Mac down. And if your bitches talk shit, I have to put the smack down. Yeah, and you don't stop. I told you I'm just like a clock when I tick and I talk, but I'm never off. Always on till the break of dawn See you when PTO in And the city they call Long Beach Putting the shit together Like my nigga D.O.C. No one can do it better Like this, that, and this, and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode Listening to the Rational Rage Network.